0: Two films that are such polar opposites that it makes for the best double feature you could ever have and the internet being what it is sees this opportunity <laughs> and really we wouldn't have Barbenheimer if it wasn't for you know Instagram Twitter and stuff like that for all the memes of of Oppenheimer chilling out with Barbie as there as, as there as there's a, uh, a mushroom cloud in the rear view you know things like that is 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 part of the beautiful thing about social media those are those are definitely the highlights of social media when we can we can come together and, and bring this cultural phenomenon these two movies and it it's actually helped both films when when it was announced that Barbie and Oppenheimer were going to be releasing on the same day Immediately a lot of people, myself included, thought that this was going to be a mistake and, and everybody was waiting to see which film was going to move. Release dates. But as we got closer and, and as we made our way through the year, trailers came out, you know, footage for the footage for the, film, for the films came out, people started to quickly realize this is a great opportunity. Now, that's kind of the, uh, the, the media aspect of it. Let's talk about the movies themselves. They're both great films, which is the most important aspect of this. You have Oppenheimer telling the story of the dawn of the nuclear uh, of the, the dawn of the nuclear age, right? The creation of the atom bomb, which for better or for worse has changed history. It's changed our world. It affects us to this very day. There's speculation. There there's always that underlying concern of nuclear warfare and where did it all start started at los alamos started with the trinity test started with the manhattan project it started with j robert oppenheimer and what better director to tackle that story and to tackle that subject matter than christopher nolan and i know a lot of you well a lot of you if any of you know me if any of you have visited this channel before you know how excited I've been for Oppenheimer. This has been easily my most anticipated film for probably the last couple of years. I have been covering this film on this podcast. You can go back to my episodes in 2021. I literally have been covering Oppenheimer since then. That's how excited I have been for this film. And that's a dangerous place to be in. <laughs> it's, you could easily be setting yourself up for disappointment. But I can confidently say, this film was everything I wanted to Everything I wanted it to be and more. It was absolutely incredible. And I plan on actually reading American Prometheus, which is the book that uh, this film was being adapted from. So Oppenheimer was incredible. I've seen it five times. Uh, Somebody actually kind of put it in perspective for me the other day. They asked me, uh, my friend of mine said, how many times have you seen Oppenheimer now? And I think at that time I had seen it four times. And they said, you've watched Oppenheimer for almost 20 years hours and I was like you know what I didn't really think about it that way that's kind of fucking crazy but the thing is it's it's crazy to say but this film is so rewatchable it's so rewatchable it's like I, I've talked about it with there will be blood there will be blood I think is a film that you need to watch at least twice if you don't know the film there will be blood it's about a uh, it's about a an oil man in the 1920s Trying to make a name for himself, but he's he's a he's a sociopath. He's a narcissist. He's conniving, and he'll do whatever he can to uh, to 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 you know make money for himself. And it's uh, it's it's a really really good film. It's it's got I think it's Daniel Day Lewis's best performance he's ever he's ever had he's ever showcased. And uh, it's my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. But it's, it's it's very similar to that film. It's clocking ended almost three hours, and I think it's a film that. You learn more, and you I think you gain more from it on each viewing, and that's exactly how I feel for Oppenheimer. Now, when I first saw Oppenheimer, I saw it at the Scotiabank Theatre in Toronto, and uh, me and my friends thought that we were seeing the film in 70 millimeter IMAX. Uh, turns out it wasn't. We we were seeing a digital projection. It was. It still looked great. It was still. It was dual laser. We had the IMAX, we had the one four three aspect ratio, we had the tall ass screen, but we just didn't have the film. Um, So then I saw it several more times in regular, you know, regular screenings with with some friends of mine and some family members because they wanted to see it as well. But then my most recent viewing, I saw the film. I couldn't see it in seventy millimeter IMAX, which kind of sucks. But I saw the film in a what's called a special engagement seventy millimeter screening, and to be honest, that was more than enough for me because the, the 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 real um the the actual thing that matters when it comes to these screenings is that 70 millimeter film. Because if you if you just see the IMAX because you can see an IMAX film anywhere, I'm so, go going in your local uh, your local city there's going to be an IMAX theater, but there's very few theaters that have IMAX 70 millimeter film. And that's the part that matters is the 70 millimeter film. And what that is is it's a uh, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot. I'm not very, you know, but the, 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 the best when it comes to explaining things like this because I'm still learning but I've seen videos on YouTube about it in terms of you know the film reel and the size of the of the size of the projection and the resolution of the projection compared to you know even like 35 millimeter or like digital somebody broke it down on, on a YouTube video I can't remember who and they said that watching Oppenheimer in 70 millimeter is the equivalent of 12k resolution and it, it's it was beautiful so I saw it at a special engagement screening, 70 millimeter. I just didn't have the IMAX aspect ratio, but I could live without it. As as long as I can say that I was able to see the film on 70 millimeter, I'm I'm good. Because the thing is, you know, films like this, Christopher Nolan, uh, he only makes a film every couple of years, so it's like an event. It's not just a movie. It's a fucking holiday. <laughs> you know what I mean, but it's not—it's not an annual holiday. It's—it's it's like a bi- yearly holiday, depending on how how often he makes a film. Because Tenet came out in 2020, you know, three years ago. So we're probably not going to get the next Christopher Nolan film till probably 2026. But I'm calling it now. His next film is going to be a Bond film. I'm—I'm I'm calling it right now. You heard it—you heard it here first. Uh so yeah, Oppenheimer was incredible. You know, across the board, Killian Murphy delivered the best performance of his career. Uh, You know, you you had so many actors, you had so many leading actors and actresses, some of which Oscar-winning actors and actresses, basically cameoing in this film, and 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 you know, basically showing up for free. I'm obviously they got paid, but I'm sure it wasn't that much. But I don't think that made a difference. It's because they want to work with Christopher Nolan. Because they, they, they understand the excellence and, and the quality of filmmaker he is. Like you have Rami Malek basically in the film for, well, he only has one scene in the film where he actually talks. And that's when he comes in to testify against uh, Louis Strauss in the end, in the end film. He kind of comes in for that, for the, for the punch and it's funny because throughout the film, they're referencing Doctor Hill, his his advisor, Lewis Strauss's advi- advisory council. They keep saying like, you know, we have uh, we have uh, Edward Teller coming in to to uh, not testify. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, the, we have Edward Teller coming to testify, and then we have David Hill coming to testify. They're going to have great things to say about you. And Edward Teller did speak. You know, in favor of Louis Strauss when he when he was in the in the court hearing, but then Doctor Hill comes in and shocks shocks the room. He shakes the room and kind of reveals everything that happened with Oppenheimer's uh, when he was up for a security clearance, and that's when we see him in that little room with with Jason Clark as Roger Rob, and we see him. You. Uh, you know what I mean? Like at the very beginning of the film, you see Oppenheimer and he's. We, we jump back and forth in points of time and from, from when he's, you know, being uh, interrogated uh, by all those, you know, by all those people that were um, representing. I'm all over the place here. Where, wh- what was happening? Yeah, sorry. We jump back and forth in time from Oppenheimer being interrogated in regards to his relationship with, you know, communists and, and Gene Tatlock and, you know, Chevalier and everything like that. We learn in that scene, Dr. Hill comes in and everybody thinks, you know, Strauss' advisory, advisory council, they believe that he's coming in to speak in favor of him, but he reveals the true uh, animosity that Louis Strauss had for Oppenheimer simply because, let's be honest, he thought uh, Louis Strauss just saw Oppenheimer and Einstein were talking shit about each other. In reality, they, they weren't talking about him at all. They were talking about the 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 future and how devastating it can be with this new this newfound weapon that we don't even know as as people we don't even know if we can trust ourselves with. So I love that scene where he comes in and he reveals that that whole hearing and that whole interrogation was set up by Louis Strauss. I was kind of all over the place there, but anyways, the film was incredible. Uh, yeah, I could talk hours about it, I'll probably do another episode about it, and I'm not going to give you my Christopher Nolan ranking now, I'm still going to think about it, I'm still going to take some time with it, the next episode I'll likely do my ranking, including where Oppenheimer fits in there, but it's amazing, Uh, I, I, I don't think I can really find a weakness in the film, performances were great, the writing, incredible, Cinematography, Holy Van Hoiema killed it. Um, I I can't think of something. It's 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 a five star. That's that's just what it is. And as I'm talking about the film now, I'm realizing like you know Josh Hartnett as Ernest Lawrence. Uh, You had you know Casey Affleck pop up for one scene. You had uh, who else? I mean, fuck. I'd have to really kind of sit down. There were so you had uh, Gary Oldman as uh, Truman, President Truman, Matt Damon, you know, D- Dane DeHaan, like, it was, it was the film was amazing, but anyways, um, so yeah, those are my, you know, thoughts on, on Oppenheimer, but when it comes to Barbie, funny enough, I just saw Barbie again yesterday, and I actually think I enjoyed the film more on my second viewing from last night, and you know there there has been a lot of discussion that this film is anti-men and shits on men and it's 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 you know it's a feminist this feminist that whatever whatever then i think that's ridiculous I, I think that's stupid and if you feel if you feel that the film is making you feel insecure about yourself if you're a guy i think that just speaks to your 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 confidence in yourself that a, that a, that a film about barbie is is making you that upset and 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 making you question things and sure, the film talks about patriarchy and 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 how men, you know, kind of run corporations and 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 run the world and whatever, whatever. I'm not very, you know I don't want to say I'm not a political person, but I'm not uh I'm not very I'm not well educated in 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 politics and things like that. So I try not to talk about that here on the podcast because I just don't want to sound like a like an idiot, <laughs> to be quite frank with you, um, but I can understand what I can understand the themes and the messages going on in this film. And to me, and I thought it was artistically done, and I thought for for women, I think this will this will be an amazing film. I think it's 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 very empowering. It's it 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 touches upon a lot of things that I think uh, not even just women. I think everybody can understand. I also thought the film was hilarious, and uh, yeah, on the first viewing. I liked it, you know, um, I I didn't love it, but I thought it was good, there's a couple weak points of the film, I think, uh, I think particularly when they're in the real world, it's probably the least interesting part of the film, but then on the rewatch yesterday, I actually thought the, the, when Barbie and Ken go to the real world, and Ken's kind of off on a side quest, uh, you know, looking for, (laughs) looking for a male doctor, and and looking for men, and then he goes to the school, and then he's you know he's asking you know where can I find the library, and then he runs into that woman, and she's like, uh, "Sir, what's the time?" And he's like, "You respect me." <laughs> I don't know. That was hilarious. But Margot Robbie was great, of course. I think perfect casting. You can't really think of somebody else better to cast as Barbie. And uh, I love that scene when Helen Mirren, who's narrating the film, and uh, the climax where right before uh, America. What's her name? I can't remember her name. The girl from the actress from Superstore. Anyways, before she gives her, her monologue, and uh, well, actually, while she's giving her monologue, you know, Barbie's on the ground, she's crying, she's upset, and, and and she's going through an existential crisis. Helen Mirren says, you know, note to the filmmakers, Margot Robbie was probably not the best I- idea for casting for this character. I hope you like my British accent. That was uh, pretty bad. <laughs> that made myself cringe. I'm not gonna lie to you, but we're gonna keep it in. We're not gonna edit it out. Yeah, I'm all over the place. This was a good film, and I liked it even more in the rewatch. But it's it's in terms of which film is better, it's obviously Oppenheimer. But to kind of conclude my thoughts, you know, I don't think we're gonna see something like this again. Sure, we might get two films coming out on the same day that are polar opposites, but I don't think either of the films are going to be to you know the um i don't know how to put this like the 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 same quality the same kind of stories being told as oppenheimer and barbie i just don't think we're going to see it again even if christopher nolan makes another film and greta gerwig makes another film that comes out on the same day it's just it's not going to match the internet frenzy and the hysteria that these two films garnished but anyways I think that kind of wraps up my thoughts. I'd probably give Barbie a three and a half star, three three and a half out of five star. I give Oppenheimer a five. I give that probably three and a half. And I love Greta Gerwig. Um, this isn't my favorite film of hers. I still think Little Women is probably my favorite, but this would probably come in. I'd say second. I think this is better than than, uh, than Lady Bird. To be honest with you, I know a lot of you are probably like, oh, just my opinion. Um, let me look at my notes here. See what else see what else we can talk about. Uh, 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 uh I'm try- I'm definitely going to look back once I hit you know end to the episode. There's going to be things that I know I'm going to forget to talk about. So hmm. Oh yeah, there's 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 been some speculation that these two films came out on the same day. Specifically Barbie came out on the same day because Warner Brothers wanted to spite Christopher Nolan. I have a few friends of mine that that that, that believe that, and respectfully, I, I disagree. I don't believe in that. And, you know, Warner Brothers just recently gave Christopher Nolan a seven-figure check, and they called it a bonus from Tenet. Uh, but in reality, I think that was them trying to get him back. Because for those of you who don't know the kind of feud and in, in, in the in the story between them, when Tenet came out in 2020, uh, of course, that was the pandemic, and the film was getting its theatrical release, but at the time, Jason Kilar, the, the previous CEO running Warner Brothers, decided to release films, Warner Brothers films, day and day release on HBO Max and, and uh, in theaters. And this crippled so many films, like the Suicide Squad, you know, Dune, um, Tenet. These films probably lost respectfully hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for each of them. And, uh, and that's because, you know, you're, you're giving people the opportunity to watch it from home. And sure, for a lot of people, that's very convenient. But these films are made for the big screen. So because of that, uh, Tenet, or excuse me, uh, Christopher Nolan has since left Warner Brothers, which has been the main studio he's worked with for pretty much all of his films. You know, the Batman trilogy, Interstellar, you know, uh, Dunkirk and you know, all these films were Warner Brothers distributed films. So now with Oppenheimer, he's with Universal, and I believe that's a contract that's I think up to like five years or something like that. So he'll probably make another film with them before he either re-ups or or moves elsewhere. But it seems like Warner Brothers is already trying to fall back in his good graces and, and tell him like, hey, we're under new leadership now. We've we've forgone the old the old business practices that lost our studio so much money. We want you back. So I don't think that they did that to you know, spite Christopher Nolan and spite Oppenheimer and have the film lose money because I think they knew that it was actually the opposite. I think they made that choice to release them on the same day because I think they could see before we could that this was going to be an, a cultural phenomenon. And both films, I think, reaped, uh, uh, reaped the benefits. <clears throat> but anyways, I think that's probably going to wrap up the conclusion for Barbie and Oppenheimer. I know I'm all over the place you know, to, to, to kind of keep it real with you guys, what I've been learning with this podcast is that uh, early on, I don't do this anymore, but early on, I, w- I was trying too hard to sound smart and, and, and sound articulate, you know what I mean, rather than just being myself and just talking as if you and I were sitting in front of each other. And during my absence, it was something I thought about, you know, I thought, I think moving forward I'm just going to just talk you know just 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 talk that's it at the end of the day that, that is a that, that's the entire point of a podcast if you want to listen to a lecture you'll go listen to a lecture you'll go listen to Jordan Peterson that's not what you come here for uh you come here to listen to me talk about movies and 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 I want to I want this channel and I want this podcast to feel engaging to feel welcoming I don't want to sit here and try and uh and try and put on an act or put on a show. Not that I, not that I was, I wasn't. Uh, but I felt like sometimes I was putting too much pressure on myself before I would hit record to sound like I've read a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that kind of, I think you guys, I, I think you guys will will kind of see that in, in terms of like, because if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing anybody listening is gonna is gonna pick up on that vibe very quickly we're all smart you know even if you haven't read a book so moving forward i I've just told myself you know I'm just gonna chop it up with you you listening right now you and I were having a conversation about movies it's fun it's engaging might spark a debate who knows but that's the that that's the beauty of of what a podcast should be I shouldn't be trying to educate you should just be talking to you about movies and TV. But anyways, I think that is going to wrap up uh, this podcast today. I think I hit on hit upon everything. And uh, next episode will be out sometime this week. I'm going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Going to give you my Oppenheimer Christopher Nolan ranking. And uh, we'll talk about a couple other things along the way. So, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Have a great Have a great day. Stay safe, and I'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.